Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to a surprise impromptu episode of Story Archives, which I'm sure you weren't expecting because I haven't really announced this to anybody out there, but... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I watched True Detective, season four, Night Country, episode one. Part one, episode one, whatever they're calling it. And um, just felt very story archives-y. Not even Zach knows that I'm doing this right now, ladies and gents. He's probably, uh, I don't know what he's doing right now, but he ain't doing this. Maybe he'll join me if he catches up in time. But if he's not, then the Night Country wagon must go off into the very creepy Alaskan darkness that it is but we're back recording this on the morning of february 15th post valentine's day hope everybody out there had a beautiful valentine's day whether you celebrated it with a loved one alone i hope you had a great day and um if you didn't have a valentine you can listen to story archives and we will keep you company through it all anyways i'm back ready to go Got one latte in me right now, heavily debating a second latte, whether my stomach can handle the extra dairy intake or not, but I think the caffeine is needed today. And if you're out there and you feel the same way, pour yourself a nice coffee or whatever your preferred beverage is, and let's get into it. It's going to be high level. I took no notes for this. I watched this two nights ago, and it's damn good. It's damn good, okay? I'm I'm not going to say I'm a true detective diehard. Although I have watched season one and season three. Season two, I kind of broke my one of my cardinal rules, which was to not listen to people and listen to people's opinions on things and not forming my own opinion on it myself. And so I kind of just listened to, I think my brother-in-law told me like season two sucked. And so I just, I just didn't watch it. I watched maybe the first episode and I saw Colin Farrell beat the holy hell out of his kid's bully's dad, um, which was a great scene, by the way. And uh, I just, I didn't watch it after that. But, you know, maybe I should go back and get into it. Um, this one, though, caught my attention. You know, certain genres tend to catch my attention. I get in that, in that mood for the, for the moody detective thriller. Usually, like, a lot of the Nordic countries do the best at this. Like, you got that rainy, very fall-feeling, wintry-feeling, uh, gloomy town that has that near alcoholic detective who's uh, solving all these crimes. Actually, there's a novel um, that I read called Police. Um, I forget who the who the writer is, but um, there's like a detective. He was played by Michael Fassbender in a movie. They did a movie about the same series, and it's, it's damn good. I mean, like those types of genre stuff, I get in the mood for that at least once a year. And Night Country... True Detectives kind of getting back to the roots of what it was. You know, I, I watched season one with McConaughey and Harrelson is great. 
I watched season three with Mahershala, also great. But season four is off to a much, in my opinion, more intriguing start than the rest. And with True Detective altogether, I, I totally just freaked out. I thought I didn't hit record on this. I've actually, guys, I have, I have actually recorded entire episodes and then gotten to the end of the episode and realized that I didn't hit on on my mic. That That's a thing. That is a thing that happens. Um, but thank God I, that that is not what just happened right now. Anyways, uh, so Night Country, True Detective in general. I always feel like there's this weird element on True Detective that I can never quite figure out where they kind of dive so deep into the metaphor of things that I don't know if there's a spiritual element at play. All right. Like for example, in Night Country, if you've watched it, or if you haven't watched it, watch it and join along with me. I haven't even seen episode two yet. So uh, we'll see how this coverage goes, whether I'm whether I'm bouncing from episode to episode or whatever. But uh, I felt I felt kind of naked just doing the one series. Also, we're doing Masters of the Air, but there's there's not mystery in Masters of the Air, although there is kind of a mystery now in the latest episode. A shameless plug. Check that episode out. Um, but this lends itself to discussion of who done it, what the hell's going on theories, all that kind of stuff. And I think that's where we really hit our groove from time to time. Uh, for example, as I was just saying, I never know if there's just this spiritual element in True Detective. I mean, you got like this this creepy ass scene with this woman who lives in the middle of nowhere. Rose Agonow is her name because we got to start setting up who our characters are, who are our potential suspects, right? And her supposed dead husband comes to her who looked creepy as hell. He actually looks like uh, the actor who played... Um, if you ever played Grand Theft Auto Five, there's a there's a guy in there. I forget his name, Travis, whatever the hell, creepy character. Uh, but the guy's character's name in here is Travis, and uh, he starts doing like this weird kind of native dance in the middle of the snow, which looked almost kind of semi demonic. Which I feel like True Detective kind of goes that way every once in a while. At least season one and season, I feel like season one and season three were connected to each other. Right, and we never really got. We don't get answers in True Detective. In fact, I don't even know if a killer's ever been caught in True Detective. I don't know. I'm gonna also preface this. I don't remember a damn thing from season three or season one. I, I mean, like it's all just a muddy. I remember moments. I remember McConaughey monologues. I remember um, scenes like you know the the one take where he's going through pretty much like the hood, and he's like going from house to house on a drug bust. I think it was. Um, Herschel, I remember like a scene where he finds like the, the room where they were, they kept the kid or something like that. I remember scenes like that, but I'm not like a encyclopedic knowledge of true detective either. So I'm just like, uh, everyone else. I'm just like you, but yeah, the, the spiritual aspect, you got a lot of things, weird things going on. We open up with like this <clears throat> Indian looking guy who's hunting deer or reindeer and the sun's going down, which is very creepy. There's actually like a movie in Alaska that's based in Alaska with like the 28 days of darkness, whatever the hell it's called. And it's like that the vampires, the whole premise is that there's vampires that come out, but these are not like, you know, cute vampires. These are not twilight vampires. These are bloodthirsty, horrible vampires. Uh, and there's a horror movie about that. And as this guy's hunting these reindeer, they spaz out, like they lose their shit and they jump off a cliff. I'm assuming they all, unless they all flew to the North Pole uh, to go you know, rendezvous with Santa, they're all dead. All the reindeer are dead. And they all got freaked out about something. And it kind of ties in with all of the, spoiler, 
dead Arctic researchers. I don't know what this research lab is for. They say it's to find the origins of life. That is the, what they're looking for up there. They're funded by government bonds, blah, blah, blah. And they all died petrified looking like, if, you, if you're watching our video pod, like they were looking like that. So they were looking at something when they died. And going back to the spiritual aspect, you get this weird scene in the beginning where it's, it's showing the researcher. I'm assuming they're going to find footage on the guy who was TikToking him making a sandwich, a Spanish guy. I'm assuming they're going to get footage from his phone of the moment where all the stuff went down because buddy behind him started having like a seizure, it looked like. There again with the thumbs up stuff on Apple. And all he did was have a seizure and he turned around and said, she's awake. And so it's tying in not just the fact that um, something weird happened to him, but that there's another murder that happened in this town of Ennis, Alaska, of this woman who had her tongue cut out. And so they found a tongue underneath the table that had the same markings as the tongue of this former case, like from six years back. So there's this weird time jumpy, metaphysical, spiritual aspect of things going on down here. Going back to the fact that the woman who lives in the middle of nowhere, being led into the middle of nowhere by her dead husband, who's doing some native dance, pointing to some off direction where this group of just dead bodies are. So, I don't know what's going on at all, but we can just kind of get into it and talk about the characters. We, of course, get a star studded lineup led by Jodie Foster. I, I don't even know what the last thing Jodie Foster's been in, but you know, when she's in something, it's, it's to be paid attention to. Okay. So she's been doing stuff. She did the Mauritanian. She did Hotel Artemis. Okay. Okay. But as an actress, what has she been in lately as an actress? Hold up y'all. Hold up. Um, looking through my, let's get rid of her producer roles and her director roles. Okay, so she's she's been in a few things over the last couple of years, but this is the one that comes to mind the most that stands out for me, right? Uh, and let's look into the cast because we've got some other familiar faces in here as well. We've got John Hawks, okay? He's in a movie called The Perfect Storm, and uh, it's from a long way back. He's also in three billboards outside of uh, Evans, Missouri. Uh, he's in Winter's Bone. I mean, he's a well-known actor. And you get this dynamic where Jodie Foster is very much the sheriff, right? She's the sheriff of this little town. And she's got Hank Pryor and Peter Pryor, who are kind of like her right-hand deputies. Hank is the father of Peter. Peter's kind of this up-and-coming uh, talent in the police department who has ambitions i'm assuming to be sheriff right uh he also is a young father seems like he got his wife pregnant pretty pretty early and um there's something weird there's a weird dynamic going on there between jody's character liz and hank hank seems he's kind of like an oddball right like during the time where they're investigating the crime scene he's texting on his phone they talk about the fact that he has a mail order bride coming in from like russia uh, and there's just kind of like a weird dynamic. He has a lot of like police confidential cases stored in his home. And there's just kind of this uh, passive aggressive tone between Liz and Hank the entire time that I'm hoping we get into to find out what's going on there. 
but with all true detective shows, nobody is who you think they are. Like nothing is what you know meets the eye. It kind of reminds you a little bit of that show with um Gwyneth. No, not Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, with uh, what's her face? I'll find out. Kate Winslet. It's also on HBO. Mayor of Easttown. It kind of reminds you of that, where nobody is who you think they are. And so I'm assuming that's kind of what's going to happen here. Rose Aguinal, the woman who finds all the dead bodies, I'm assuming we're going to find out more about her. Um, Evangeline Navarro, played by Callie Reese, who's a, a freaking boxing champion. I think this might be her first. She's a writer, but also like she's a former boxer, I believe. I got I to find out more about her. Hold on. Hold up. Let's do a little deep dive in here, y'all. This is what it's for. Callie Reese, who plays Navarro in here, she's the intimidating detective. She's all tatted up. She's low-key obsessed with the, um, with the case of the girl who lost her tongue. She's actually an American boxer. Like she's, she's a former world champion in two weight classes. So hence the way she, look, she looks the way she does for a reason, bro. She could probably whoop all of our asses. But um, she does a great job as kind of this obsessed detective who's taken these these this case that she was not able to close on her conscious right and she has a very conflicted type of character right you know she's she's working she doesn't seem to have any sort of work-life balance i know that's a popular term these days uh she has a sister who's somewhat uh mentally unstable who has uh mental breakdowns pretty frequently it seems and then she has like kind of a, a hookup that she goes to to kind of, you know, blow off some steam. And she also has a reassignment to the troopers department, which pretty much forbids her from partaking in any of these cases, so to speak. So there's a lot going on with her character, although there is an odd bit of hostility slash respect between her and Liz, Jodie Foster's character. Now, the more and more we get into the series, the more and more I'll go get away from continuing to establish that Liz is Jodie Foster's character. But there is that bit of dynamic there, right? Where Navarro thinks that Liz has not done her due diligence in, you know, researching the case of this, of this woman. And that's not the case at all. As you see later in the episode, Danvers is very much obsessed with the case as well, but not letting Navarro onto her suspicions, right? So yeah, there, there's that. And I think there will be that dynamic because Navarro is the one who found her body. And you see in several aspects in this episode, for example, when she goes to the crab uh, processing plant, she takes out a guy who was beating his wife or his girl. And then she pours alcohol down some guy's truck who talking like the other guy was about like beating his wife or something like that and so she puts alcohol on her so she's kind of like our our gray zone hero she is our luther so to speak she is the law but also creating her own law where she kind of dishes out justice in the way that she thinks it's deserved and you know what i you can't just really disagree with anything she does in this episode so far um we haven't really had a dynamic like this in any True Detective series so far where they establish so many characters at the beginning. 
um, you know, season one, you got McConaughey and Harrelson, and that's pretty much it. Um, season two, I can't speak for because I didn't watch it, but season three is very much Mahershala and his and his um and his uh deputy, his side his sidekick, whatever you want to say. But this one, you get Danvers set up, you get Navarro set up, you get Peter set up, you get Hank set up, um, you get Rose Agonel set up, you get all sorts of storylines. Danvers' daughter, who's very old looking. I think she's 27 in real life. So it makes her character very strange because Danvers gets called to school because her daughter was apparently filming herself having like a sex, like a sex tape or something like that with a 16 year old. Now, I think that's uh, because she looks like she's 27 years old. It looks very strange. But in the show, she's supposed to be like 17 or 16. I don't know why they do this. I don't know why they do this. Why not just get someone who looks younger? But it's like one of those high school shows where everybody's 25 or 27 years old. But anyways, Danvers doesn't really have uh, her house in order, so to speak. And there's a lot of mystery to her character too. She has some PTSD from a former accident that occurred where she adopted Leah Danvers, who's her, not really her real daughter, but somebody she took in. So we're going to learn more about that. Uh, we're going to hopefully learn more about Peter and his weird relationship with his father. And then we're going to try to learn more about what the hell is going on at this re- research facility, how it's related to the case of the girl who got her tongue cut off. Um, and why exactly, like what went wrong? What happened after that seizure, right? I'm, I'm hoping that they get that guy's cell phone, the guy who was making the sandwich. They plug that phone in and we look at the footage to see what occurred, right? Because you got this weird Ferris Bueller scene. I wish they didn't do this to Ferris Bueller. Uh, don't bring him into this kind of show. Uh, but you got that TV that won't shut off, okay? And then you got that ominous writing on the whiteboard that says, we're all dead. So th- there's there's all sorts of mystery going on right now, and there's no answers. And that's what, that's what episode one is supposed to do. It's supposed to intrigue you enough to immediately postpone your bedtime, postpone discipline, and watch episode two. It's supposed to make you binge it. And I'm kind of glad that I started a little bit late because I have five episodes to binge. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it some more. And um, I think it'll be a fun little mini series, so to speak. All right. With that being said, not a lot of progress is made in the case so far. What we do have is that the, all these men went missing at once from this research facility. Okay. Another thing. They went missing 48 hours prior to what we see in this episode. So whatever's occurring now is like two days later. We also have this weird connection between, and forgive me guys, but I don't remember the name of the girl from the case who got her tongue cut off. That's why I keep avoiding trying to say her name. But there's a weird connection there between that girl who had a parka on and somebody who was wearing the same parka in the facility. So there's something weird going on there. And then there's this weird spiritual dynamic where everybody seems to be having unified dreams and visions with this phrase, she's awake, happening, right? You got the guy in the facility, okay? You got the damn polar bear with one eye that Navarro sees in the middle of the road and that Foster wakes up to seeing in her dream, okay? You got this weird dynamic between the victim of the case who got her tongue cut off, who works at the mine, right? You got this weird dynamic between her and her brother, right? 
Uh, the brother works at the mine. The woman who was killed was against the mine. If 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 the mine would have been shut down, the whole town would have been shut down. All this stuff. All of this to say, I would never live in this part of Alaska, ever. There's no there's no amount. I don't know what would have to happen for me to be relocated to like that Arctic facility where all these dudes are just living in there together like monks, like they say. Um, no, not for me. And this whole town. It's like a forgotten part of America, pretty much. Anyways, you got that dynamic going on. Uh, you have the random dead guy dancing in the middle of the tundra going on. So we have no answers there. We also have that weird moment where the wolf reanimates for a moment while this woman, Rose, is skinning or, or yeah, yeah, gutting this, this animal uh, for pelts, probably. So there's a lot of mystery going on. And then we have the ultimate mystery of what the hell happened that all of these guys died looking in one direction, horrified. What did they see? What occurred? What is the moral of the story? What is the theme that's going on here behind the scenes in this show? Is it what I think? I think it's like the ghost of the girl who was killed haunting people, but I could be completely wrong. All right. Maybe there's some psychedelic element here, right? You know, that's a thing, right? You know, Native Americans are are known for uh, psychedelic usage, like back in the day. I don't know if that's a thing now, but uh, I've never seen True Detective go into the supernatural like this before. So it would be odd to me that like the villain is a specter of a dead girl who's just wandering and and pretty much ruining people. Uh, And so that's really the mystery here is who is behind it all. How did all these guys go missing at once? Are all of them dead? And if not all of them are dead, where's the guy who's, who's left standing? And who's going to plug in that phone to see what's up? Also, then you have like kind of like the, the onion unfolding another layer deeper. Is anybody that we've met in this episode on the know, in the know of what the hell happened to these guys? Right, they're discovered by a guy who goes to deliver goods to them. I'm assuming like dry goods, food, that kind of stuff. But you know, I don't know. Maybe the deputy Hank knows something. I think Hank was made to look suspicious, right? He's like a corrupt cop. He's even gonna let that drunk woman who who crashes into a pole. He was gonna let her out. Why? Because he he gets like freaking blowjobs from this woman on the on the down low. I don't know if that's gonna get this video flagged for me saying that, but um. Who cares? He's he is not a good example of a cop. So really, our good guys and gals in this series is Danvers, Navarro, and Peter Pryor. Those are kind of our three, right? We're going to be traversing Danvers' rocky family situation, Navarro's rocky family situation, Pryor's rocky family situation. Nobody has like that stable kind of home life in this series, it would seem, which makes for damn good TV. So we'll see what occurs here uh, as the season progresses. But I would like to crank out one of these episodes once a week. Let me know if you're going to be watching this with us. Also, I know our thumbnail shows Masters of the Air, but we're working on a redesign so that we can kind of just have like one plain graphic design for Story Archive so people just know this is a TV and film pod um as we dive into that and uh yeah that's pretty much everything y'all so yeah 
Thanks for the emails. Haven't had a chance to write to as many uh, emails back. We got a couple. I got a couple on the backlog that I have to get around to. And a lot of YouTube comments. Uh, thank you all for corresponding with us. If you want to get a hold of us, thank you for using the Spotify reaction thing where you can comment on a podcast. Also, email us at contactthesoapbox.house. Probably the best way to hear from us directly is by emailing us. Uh, we literally cannot respond to Spotify. Uh, like We can't type in there anything. But as always, if you like the show, hit like on this video on YouTube if you're watching. Rate us five stars on Spotify if you're listening. Apple Podcasts as well. I have a weird suspicion that we have been kind of shadow banned on Apple. Uh, our numbers are not moving the same way Spotify is. Unless there's like a max exodus from Apple at the moment, which, you know, considering our track record with Apple, if you're new here, we got banned from Apple for like a straight up month. Um, I don't know. After that whole situation where we got banned for 30 days, we have not seen a correction in our numbers. So something occurred there, but who knows? It, it's I could be completely wrong. I I acknowledge that. Or maybe we just haven't hit a show that's resonated with Apple listeners as much, but Spotify is moving. And we'll take that. Spotify has been good to us this whole time. So anyways, y'all, hope everybody's good out there. Hope you're enjoying this show. I am. It's pretty much the number one show on my watch at the moment. And there's a lot of other stuff that I got to check out, but there's just so much to keep up with these days. So we got to, we're really picking and choosing our spots. I know we got Constellation coming up. I know I have a knack for doing these solo pods and then over stacking the plate with work and podcasts and more podcasts and work and you know all that but we'll get through it together but if i know if you guys are enjoying this i know for a fact uh to stay on it and to get through the whole season so if you want more true detective content make sure to let us know contact at soapbox.house.com is the way to email us and just write in there mario please please continue to do true detective please because i like the show and i think it lends itself to discussion so yeah Thanks as always, guys. Love you all. Thanks for supporting us. As always, if you feel inclined to do so, we have a Patreon where you can support the show. Uh, Spotify has ended some ambassador advertising campaigns that they were doing. Um, I'm assuming that was a feature that was an onboarding mechanism and not a long-term thing. But we still do have third-party ads with Spotify, but Patreon is the way to support the show. It really helps in the production and um, pretty much the cost that we have to put these out there on a, such a frequent basis so thanks so much again have a great week we will see you on masters of the air very soon uh friday night saturday morning sometime around then peace out have a great weekend bye come here say it's figured out what is it exactly the pain is the